21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah, Coley. How many prisoners you got there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, where is it? Inside the bar there? Yeah. Yeah. You are on by transcription in the muster room at Most the 21st the Precinct. The nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. All right. I'll send a car around to assist you. Yeah, right away. Okay. And then come on in. 21st Precinct. It's just lines on a map of the city of New York. Most of the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River wouldn't know if you asked them that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men of the 21st Precinct. The 21st, 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and four lieutenants of whom I'm the boss. My name is Kennelly, Frank Kennelly. I'm captain in command of the 21st. I was working my night tour, 4 p.m. to 8 a.m. It was raining hard when I came on the job, and the 62 men of the 4 to 12 platoon wore their black rubber raincoats and cap covers at the turnout. By 6 p.m., however, the rain had stopped, and when I went out for my meal, the skies were clear. At 8, I instructed Sergeant Waters on telephone switchboard duty to have a car come by the station house to take me on patrol. Then, for the next two and a half hours, with patrolman William P. Coley as operator, I rode the streets of the precinct. The 490 radio motor patrol cars of the police department of the city of New York are, for obvious reasons, conspicuous-appearing vehicles. They are Ford, Chevrolet, and Plymouth Club Coupes. The lower part of the bodies are painted dark green and black, the upper part white. The word police is lettered in several places large enough to be read a block away. At night, a red and white lighted sign, also reading police, shines from the roof of each car. Consequently, a citizen in need of assistance can see a radio motor patrol car coming from some distance away. And as we drove downtown on Lexington Avenue en route back to the station house, that was the case exactly. If that fellow wants us, Captain. All right, pull in. glad I saw you. What's the trouble? You see that bar there? Yep. Well, I was in there having a beer. See, I was just minding my own business, having a beer. And for no reason at all, I looked around. You know, I just turned around. I'm sitting at the bar, you know. And there in the booth is this fellow and this girl. Why, well, I, I thought he looked familiar to me, so I took another look. Yeah. You know who he is? He's the guy who held me up three weeks ago. How do you like that? How's your boss? I'm the job. I'm the station agent for the independent subway. He came in, he stuck me up. You sure it was him? Same identical fellow, I swear was he still in the bar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in there. I wanted to get out as fast as I could before he recognized me. I thought I'd see a cop on the street or something. I, I didn't know what to do. I thought I went to a phone someplace. He'd, he'd get out and get away, you know. So I just thought it best to wait outside until somebody came along. And if he came out meantime, I was, I was going to follow him, you know. And I'm glad to see you. I, I, I didn't want to go following him. When he robbed me, he had a gun this long. Suppose I followed him, he still had it on him, huh? What's your name? Perfect. Real perfect. Where is this subway station where you were robbed? 
At the house, Coley and I took them upstairs to the office of the 21st Detective Squad, where the situation was explained to Detective John Bender, who was catching, and Lieutenant Matt King, commander of the squad. As required, Patrolman Coley, who would be the arresting officer of record, remained with his prisoner. I went downstairs to my office. After talking for a few minutes to the complainant, Roy Perford, Lieutenant King brought the suspect into his office where he questioned him in the presence of Patrolman Coley and Detective Bender. Well, you've got to grant this, Paul. The man walked into the bar. He saw you sitting there. He said you are the boy that stuck him up. Must be something to it. Well, he said it. There's something to that. Maybe he believes it. I don't know. But it wasn't me. Paul, in the last month, there have been 11 station agents held up in Manhattan alone. That doesn't make me the guy. I know it doesn't. I want you to listen to this. What? One of the robberies was in this precinct, the 77th Street Station of the Lexington Avenue line, on Friday, June 24th. This is from the squeal made out by the detective investigated the case. At 11.18, a lone man walked up to the change booth and asked directions as to how to get to Times Square. Station agent told him. The man then pulled a nickel-plated revolver from his pocket and robbed the station agent of $53.40. What's that got to do with me? The station agent described the man like this. 24 years old, 5 feet 9 inches, 150 to 60 pounds, light complexion, blue eyes, medium build, and red hair. Still sounds like he was talking about you, doesn't it, Paul? Well, I'm not the only guy in New York with red hair. He was one. This fellow Roy Pierford, who saw you in the bar tonight. He gave the detectives up there in the 28th squad almost an identical description. He identified you in person. Well, that don't mean a thing. Means a lot to me, Paul. From the description, it appears the same man who was involved in the other nine cases. Well, why don't you find him? Paul, the opinion appears to be pretty widespread that we've got him. It's not true. I didn't do it. All right. Maybe we'll find out if you didn't. But I'm telling you, if you did, you might as well let me know about it right now. Because you'll just be wasting a lot of your time and a lot of mine. I didn't. Now, you told Captain Kennelly that you were employed by the Ravenscroft Leather Goods Company. That's right. What do you do there? I work on a stamping machine. Work steady? Yeah, sure. How long you been there? Since around February. What do you make a week? Well, that depends on the overtime. On the average, thing. Eh? All around $80, $75. What time do you get in in the morning? Like uh, 8 o'clock. What time are you through? 4, unless it's overtime. You live at 762 East 89th Street? Yeah. Who do you live there with? My mother, my brother, and my sister. Where's your father? Oh, that's what we'd like to know. Bender, move that ashtray over so you can use it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Are your brother and sister younger or older? No, she's older. He's younger. They work? My sister does. She uh, works for the city. My brother's in high school still. He works a little bit, you know, odd jobs. How old are they? 18. What color hair does he have? Red, too? No, no. He's darker. Brown like yours. Mm -hmm. Who's this girl you were with tonight? Louise Vanilla. Yeah, I know that. I mean, you see her much? Yeah, I see her a lot. We're uh, thinking about getting married. Oh, I am? Yeah. When? We don't know yet. We've got a few problems we've got to work on. Yeah, don't we all? How long have you been going with her? Oh, I don't know. Uh, three or four months. Ever been in trouble, Paul? What do you mean, trouble? Ever been arrested? No. Never? No. Never had any trouble with the cops? Not even when you were kids? Kid stuff? No, never. Well, let's see now. There were 11 of these robberies. Let's just talk about two of them for a minute. The two we know most about so far. I don't know anything about any of them. I mean, us. We here. 
Well, we know about the one in the 116th Street station of the 8th Avenue line because Mr. Pierford saw you in the bar and identified you. You're crazy about that. Yeah, but he identified you. That was on June 16th, Thursday night. Well, we know about the one that was here in this precinct. That was on June 24th, Friday night. You got any idea where you were either of those two nights? Not at the moment. I, I can't think about it. I just can't remember back when I wasn't doing anything in particular that, that I, I know of. Yeah. Could have been with your girl, couldn't you? Louise? Oh, yes, yeah, sure. I could have. I, I might have, but I don't know. How should I know? I can't remember specifically. All right. Could have been home. I could have, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't remember that far back. How do you expect me to remember where I was a month ago almost? I had no reason to remember. No, you could have been putting a gun on those station agents. Well, that I wasn't. You'd have remembered that. If I did them, I would have remembered. I didn't do them. I'll tell you what, Paul. I'll agree with you that there's lots of redheads in New York. Sure are. And I'll agree with you that Mr. Pierford, the fellow at the 116th Street Station, might have been mistaken. I know he was. I'll tell you what I've got in mind. We'll get the victim from the 77th Street subway station, the one in this precinct over here. See what he has to say. Well, that's not fair. You're not going to sit him down here and say one fellow said I was the guy. No, nothing like that. If he picks you, he's got to pick you out of a line. Oh, sure, and I'm the only redhead. How can he miss? He'll be loaded with redheads. Well, all right. That's fair enough. Good. Excuse me. Yeah. 23th Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Lieutenant King, Sergeant. Captain Tonelli around? Yes, sir. He's in his office. I'll ring in there. Okay. 21st Precinct, Captain Kennelly. Lieutenant King, Captain. Yes, Matt. If you have a minute, I'd like to talk to you. Okay, Matt, I'll be right up. I'll meet you at the head of the stairs, Captain, outside the squad room. All right. You sit in there, Paul. Callie, stay with him. Yes, sir. Come on, Bender. Yes, sir. I'm not going to be here all night, am I? I hope not, Paul. Look, Bender. Yes, sir. Two things I want you to do. I want you to check his name through BCI for any previous record. Okay. And I want you to see if you can locate the victim of the robbery in this precinct and get him over here. Yes. Oh, um, yes, sir? Tell Goldman I said to ride over to the boy's house. I want him to take a look through his things, see if he's got that gun around there or any other evidence. Okay, Lieutenant. Get on it. Yes, sir, right away. Listen, uh, excuse me. Yes, Mr. Uh, how long will I have to wait around here, do you know? I was just supposed to be going down for a paper, and I stopped in for that beer, and my wife will have a fit. Oh, I the telephone and let her know you're here. Well, we don't, we don't have any phones. I could have the desk office and the policeman around to notify her. Oh, no, don't do that. She, she wouldn't know what to think. She's got some vivid imagination. Could I just go home and come back? Would that be all right? The detectives from the 28th squad are on the way down here to see you. Better stay here. All
Mm-hmm. We ought to be able to dig up that many between both platoons. Yes, I think so. I saw Kane is working at 4 to 12. Thought it'd be good. Yeah, he would be. And uh, I think uh, Benjamin is on the job, too. Oh, good. Yeah, we ought to have enough. I'll, uh, I'll talk it over with the desk officer. What do you think of this boy, man? What do I think? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Captain, I've got a personal opinion. After that second victim gets a look at him, I think he's going to walk right out of here. I don't believe that boy was anywhere near those subway stations. You are listening to 21st Precinct, a factual account of the way police work in the world's largest city. After I spoke to Lieutenant Gorman, the desk officer, I rang upstairs and told Lieutenant King we had five patrolmen, all red-haired, who approximated the same general physical description as the suspect. I suggested that the proposed lineup be held as close to midnight as possible in order that those men who were on the job would lose as little time from patrol as practical and those men off duty would be required to spend a minimum of their own time. He agreed, provided, of course, that the victim could be located and brought to the station house by then. In a criminal case, identification by the victim of the suspect is generally the most important piece of evidence. Consequently, procedure calls for exactitude in conducting a lineup. The process of identification is usually the prime target of attack by the defense attorney, and any irregularity that can be shown makes a deep impression on the jury in favor of the defendant. At 11.25 p.m., Lieutenant King informed me that Detective Bender had located the victim at his home in Washington Heights and was driving him to the station house. The men from the patrol force who were to participate in the lineup were instructed to report to Lieutenant King in their civilian clothes. At midnight, I turned out the platoon, and after the men marched out the front door to take over their posts, I started across the muster room toward my office. Captain? Oh, hello, Mender. Captain, this is Mr. Lewis Wolfsmith, Captain Canelli. Captain. How do you do, Mr. Wolfsmith? He's the victim in that robbery we had in this precinct. I never thought you'd cap- catch him. I never thought you would. Well, we don't know that it's him yet, Mr. Wolfsmith. You're the one who's going to have to tell us that. Oh, don't you worry about that. I know him. I don't forget. I wonder if we could wait in your office until they're ready for Mr. Wolfsmith upstairs, Captain. Sure, Bender. Help yourself. I'll go up and see how they're making out. Yes, sir. In here, Mr. Wolfsmith. How long will it take? Captain. Yes, Sergeant. Now, we're just upstairs or about all set. All right, I'm going up there now. I left those cabaret inspection reports on your desk, Captain. Did you get a chance to look at them? No, not yet. I'll, uh, I'll read them during the night. Yes, sir. Anything unusual in them? Just in that one I was telling you about, Captain. I told the manager we had another complaint about the entertainers fraternizing with the patrons. He said he'd watch it. And you make a stop in there tomorrow night, too, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Make sure he is watching it. <laughs> All right, keep it down, you man. What do you think this is? Where's Lieutenant King? Leave his office, Captain. Well, haven't you gone home yet? No, I'm waiting for Paul. You could have a long wait. That's all right, I don't mind. Yes? Captain Canelli. Come on, Captain. Bender brought the other victim in, Matt. He's waiting in my office. Yeah, I know. He rang up here, Captain. I told him to come upstairs and wait with him outside in the hall. Oh. What are you about set, Paul? Yes, I'm set. Let's get it over. All right. Uh, 
ball. I see you found a few redheads. Oh, are you all right? Why don't you go home, honey? I don't want to. You'll either have to sit down on the bench at home. Go sit down, Louise, please. This will all be over soon. I hope so. I, I just hope so. Do you have a light, Captain? Yeah, sure. Get them lined up over there, will you? Here you are. All right, fellas, let's form a line. Thanks. Paul, listen, I was just sitting in a bar minding my own business. All right, Paul, let's go. Yeah. Come on, come on. Form a straight line there. Okay, Paul, this is your party. Pick your spot. Anywhere? On the end, in the middle, anywhere you like. All right. Well, this will do it right here. Spread out there, another minute. Excuse me, Captain, I'll be right back. Yeah, sure, go ahead, man. I'm going to take that jacket off, Hello, Bender. Lieutenant, this is Mr. Lewis Wolfschmidt, Lieutenant King. Mr. Wolfschmidt? Aye, how are you? Wolfschmidt, do you think you can identify the man that held you up? Oh, yeah. You sure of it? Oh, I remember him. I remember what he looked like. I could do it. All right, well, let's try him. You want to come in? Yeah. Looks like yesterday, that night. When we get in there, I'll tell you how we work it. Go ahead, Mr. Wolfschmidt. Yeah, thanks. No, there's no use. 
it you on all 11 of them? Well, 10, 11, something like that. Where's the gun, Paul? I got it. Where? In the basement of my house. I never did keep it upstairs. I thought my mom and my brother might find it when I wasn't there. So. Exactly where in the basement? Well, I couldn't describe it exactly. I have to show you. Listen, I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't hurt a soul. I wouldn't have shot any of those guys, believe me. You said you worked at this leather goods place. Is that the truth? I did work there, but I got fired. There wasn't any money coming in, and I had to get it someplace, you know. Got to help out at home. Find a way to help out, isn't it? Had to help out some way. Why didn't you get another job? I don't know. This was easier, I guess. Was it? What else did you rob besides those station agents? Nothing. Nothing else, I swear. Well, listen, uh, Louise doesn't know a thing about this. She thinks I'm still working down there. She don't even know I did time before. She don't know a thing. She's waiting outside. Do you want to talk to her? What's the use? What could I say? I don't know. I don't want to talk to her. That's up to you. I never should have gone into that bar tonight. That was my mistake. My big mistake. No, that wasn't your big mistake. What was? If you don't know, Paul, I can't help you. First precinct, Sergeant Waters. Where is this? What's the trouble there? Well, how do you know? From what? Well, where is this? Where on East 81st Street? Who's this calling? What's your name? What? You just wait right there for the officers. And right over goes. Yeah, round the clock, through the week, every day, every year. A police precinct in the city of New York is a flesh-and-blood merry-go-round. Anyone can catch the brass ring. Or the brass ring can catch anyone. 21st Precinct Transcribed. A factual account of the way the police work in the world's largest city is presented with the official cooperation of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, an organization of more than 20,000 members of the Police Department, City of New York. Everett Sloan in the role of Captain Kennelly, Ken Lynch as Lieutenant King, Harold Stone as Sergeant Waters. Featured in tonight's cast were Eileen Palmer, Larry Haynes, Bill Zuckert, John Gibson, and Lawson Zerby. Written and produced by Stanley Niss. Art Hannah speaking.